Have you ever wanted to dramatically change your health, whether it was eating better, adding more exercise to your life, or just doing something to ensure that you might possibly live longer? Do you like when your podcasts have cold opens? Good Eisenberg, welcome to your favorite podcast. The name of this show is Eisenberg. My name is Ian Eisenberg. Thank you for listening today and subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Today's guest is Anthony Smith. He's a man who has lost 62 pounds and has had a new lease on life and has taken on running. He has a wonderful story to share and I hope that you enjoy it. Hi, I'm here today in New York City talking to Anthony Smith. This is the first time I'm actually doing a podcast live and in person. So this is going to be fun. Hey, Anthony, how are you today? And what's happening, man? How are you doing? Excellent. What you did not see since it's a podcast is we were just shaking hands. Anthony Smith is somebody who has performed... An amazing transformation in his life physically and has just taken care of himself in such a way. So, Anthony, can you tell us about about your weight loss? Um, do you remember like how much you weighed probably at your peak before this started? Absolutely. 247 pounds. And it was concentrated in one location. Guess. My belly. I was going to say his nose. <laughs> And, and how about how much do you weigh right now? Right now, I weigh 185. Let's give him a hand, everyone. You see the studio audience? Oh, wait, it's just us in this <laughs> I'm gonna room. I'm going to give myself a hand. Yep, so, <laughs> That's so, what I learned. Give yep. yourself a hand. So, so what I want to – this is two parts. I want to hear about what led you to losing all this weight and what was the process. So the first part, what led me to losing the weight was – not being happy with my present condition of being overweight. When I was, when I carried the weight, it was, it slowed me down. And I had a doc, one of my doctors was chasing me about my blood pressure getting high. And we had this conversation where she said, once you get on blood pressure medicine, you're going to be on it for the rest of your life. And hearing that, I said, the rest of my life, that's, it's crazy, you know? And that was one of the impetus to make me get off my duff and, and do something. And tell me, what was your lifestyle like before you, before the doctor told you this stuff and before you took action? Common New York City worker just coming in early, staying late, and not having time, not giving myself the time to prepare food properly, just eating whatever was in front of me. I'm a potato chip addict, recovering, recovering, and I would have before lunchtime at least two bags of chips on a regular basis. On a regular basis, and I like how you said you are, you, at an addict, like, I always see, honestly, on TV and such, like, when people talk about, like, for example, like, AA and Alcoholics Anonymous, for people, you all, they say they always will be an alcoholic. But that doesn't mean that they can't control that. Right, right. And saying always is such a powerful word. So 
One thing, I, I like to do things in pictures that just help me stay on track. So I always, uh, when it comes to chips, I say chips are like my crack. If I have one, I'm done. And I just don't want it anymore. <laughs> so that's a, a like a signal I give to myself. Stay away from chips because you know what happens. And with me, uh, chips makes me want more chips. Then I used to drink things that, that weren't good for me, like soda and things like of that nature and the more I had the more I wanted and that is not good so can I go on yes absolutely so I so it helps me when you treat chips salty things it makes you retain water so already it wasn't lunchtime and I already had salty things that made me want to drink more soda and I, I the weight gain just kept going and flowing then I also I have a sweet tooth, so and I still do, and I would supplement my chips with Snicker bars. <laughs> like Anthony, I remember a few months ago, Anthony and I know each other as we're members of a Toastmasters club. There was a speech that was given. I remember it was given by another member of our of the club, Cam Pardo. Remember, it was actually the humor speaking contest where he was he was he actually handed out peanut M&M's to the entire crowd and he asked me as, as someone else to hand them. And I remember handing them to members, people taking them and Anthony just saying no and just like waving off and just not taking it. That's focus and just taking it seriously and when to get to that point, I had to fall a lot and I, and I did fall a lot and there was a couple other things that really motivated me to get on track. And one of them was getting tired of making some progress and then falling down. And then making some progress and falling down. Taking off the weight and putting it back on. And what I learned over time is that's the most dangerous thing for your heart. When you lose weight and put it back on, it's not good for you. And I didn't know that. So I started to educate myself, and I, I found this out. Another thing that really got me focused was attending the funeral of a dear friend of mine. So everybody has their friend from growing up childhood. So I, mine was David. We call him Big D. And big guy. And uh, so I grew up with no brother in the house. I had six sisters. So <laughs> Big D was like my brother. We did everything together. We went on to our separate ways as we got older in life, you know, from childhood. And I got a call and said that he had passed away. So I went to to the viewing. I wanted to attend the funeral. And I wanted to be a pallbearer because that's what I think, that's how I show respect, is to be a pallbearer. So I saw his mom at the funeral and I said, I'd like to be a pallbearer. And she said that I could not. And I asked, why? You know, it was like, you're taking this, you know, I love this guy. But she said, because I hadn't seen him in like over 10 years. So she said, go and check him out. And when I went to see him in his casket, he's about six foot four. And he had, was well over 300 pounds. So when you're that heavy, the family is not allowed to carry you because people could get hurt. So when they were putting him in the ground, they used a backhoe 
instead of like the little machine that takes you down. And I'll never forget the image of a backhoe attached to four cables on each side of his casket going in the ground. That's what changed my life. That's why when you pass the chocolates, it was like, nope, forget it. You know, that changed my life. And when I saw that, I said, what can I do? Was any of this preventable? And what can I do to make things better for myself? And I just started reading and getting information. And in fact, one of the, another thing that helped turn me around was at a Toastmaster speech. It was Andy. What's his last name? Andy Lewis. Andy Lewis. He Shout did. out to Andy Lewis. Shout out to Andy, brother, because you certainly changed his brother's life without even knowing it. He did a, a speech on his book called Salt, Sugar, Fat. And I'm a conspiracy theorist kind of person. <laughs> so this is Salt, Sugar, Fat, how the food market got us hooked. So this book is just talking about how it's really not about nutrition when you're going out to buy things in your supermarket or at a restaurant. It's about making a buck. And the cheapest way to make a buck is to make cheap food. <laughs> and they don't care about how it benefits or or doesn't benefit. They just want to make a buck. And this book just went all through. the. You know, they hire scientists to get the this thing called the, the bliss factor. So what that is, it's what what makes you want their product, food, and will make you come back for more. So for soda, it's how sweet it can be without making it so sweet that you don't want anymore. With chips, it's things like when you touch the bag, how it crinkles and how it triggers your saliv, sal you know, your spit glands, yeah. <laughs> you know, things like that. And it's like a whole science to this thing to get you hooked and come back and, and, and want more. And what I found out was like the major culprit and in my life and a lot of people's lives is something called high fructose corn syrup. Yep. That sugar, which is made in a lab, not dug out from the ground, and its sole purpose is is to sweeten, it's a preservative, but it also makes you want more high fructose corn <laughs> syrup. And sugar is an addictive source, just like drugs are. So, and when I get into this kind of talk, people say, this is just so, what's the word? I would just say that it's very crazy, that you want, that this is your topic and you can talk about it and, and keep going and and I say, well, what crazy is, is having a heart attack, going to a hospital, having them slice your chest open, give you a bypass, and put it back. Now, that's, that's, that's the word I was looking for is radical. That's radical, is having a heart attack and going through all those things as opposed to me monitoring what I eat. So what I found out, it's all about monitoring what you eat. No, it's about monitoring what you eat. So it's monitoring what you eat. So beyond that, I know that you've become a very prolific runner. I look at your social media feeds. It seems like you're running a different race every week. And tell me about how you got into running and how it's become such a big part of your life. Absolutely. So, you know, running has definitely become a big part of my life. And I got into running. One day I was running for the train 
because I was late for a train, and I made the train, but when I got on the train, I was out of breath to the point I just thought I was going to faint. I thought I was going to die on the train, and I said, I have to do something about that. So I just started walking, and then I started incorporating walking with running, and then I was able to run a few blocks. And I have a buddy. It's always good to have a buddy. You can't live in a bubble, people. (laughs) So I have a buddy who is into biking, and so am I. And I was following him on his social media feeds with his biking. Then he started running, and I started following him there. And that's how I started with the running. And I found out, and I took on running later in life, two years ago, and I found out it's something that I, I love. And I love it because... Do you care to share your age? Yeah, I started running two years ago when I was 54. So, yes, I'll be 56 in a couple of weeks. And uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. I love it because uh, first I would just run and I didn't have the knowledge about diet. So I would run and I would dedicate uh, time to preparation for the race and I would work out, I would go to the gym, I'd do all these things and I wasn't losing weight. So that's when I learned that it's about nutrition. So here's something that I learned that I really want to share. There's a couple things that I really want to make sure that I share and it's what I learned is it's 70% nutrition, 10% exercise, 10% preparation, 10% rest. It's not all exercise. I was doing exercise, and I, I nothing happened. Nothing happened. So that works. So taking care of yourself. So about how many races have you run? Like, what are some of the biggest highlights of your running career? Absolutely. So some of the highlights were, well, I ran my first marathon last November, New York City Marathon, on November 6, 2016, after about a year and a half of running, and that was an accomplishment. And it was one of the best times of my life. The environment of the marathon itself is so electric. It's just, imagine, well, a marathon is 26.2 miles, and all those miles, it's just people cheering at the top of their lungs, encouraging you. Who would not want to be in that environment? It was awesome. And I've, I've signed up for another marathon, which is going to take place April 30th of this year. So in a couple weeks, I'll be running my second marathon. I, so I've become a marathon maniac. <laughs> I'm going to run the Chicago Marathon in October this year and also the New York City Marathon. I didn't just start doing marathons. I started off with three-mile races and six-mile races. And it's really been an enjoyable thing. And one thing I want to tell you is that we have things in us that we don't even know about. Like, I had no idea that I was a runner. Then I had no... I, I always like to coach and mentor. So I've I, uh, joined a couple of running clubs and I've been able to really, it's very fulfilling to learn how to run because there's a way to run that injure yourself and a way not to, especially the longer distances you go. The more you want to be prepared for a run, 
So, yeah, that, that about, you know, I enjoy running to the point where if I miss a run, it's like, where's my oxygen? When I'm running, it allows me to just zone out, and it's definitely a stress reliever, and it's an excellent way to start the day. I'm an early bird, so I like to get up at 5 and get on the road by about 5.15, 5.30 and run for, as my schedule permits, because I would come back three hours later. But uh, I Work. <laughs> work, exactly. I have to work. I have to sustain and support myself, and, uh, which is a good thing. Excellent. And what do you think has been like the biggest thing you've gotten from this gift of yours and the, and the fact that you in some ways have the second lease on life? Absolutely. It, it is a second lease of life. I think the biggest thing that I can take away from it is that I'm, in all humility, inspiring other people to take care of themselves through my social media feed and just through talking to people, pe- people are getting inspired. And that that's a cool thing. I went to, a, there was a race last November where I, you go a day before the race and you pick up your packet, which has your race number and maybe like a t-shirt and things like that. So I was at this race, uh, uh, the day before the race, I was picking up my things, and this young woman taps me on the shoulder, and she says, I know you. Your name is Anthony. And I said, okay, I know that too. She says, I'm your cousin. I said, no, you're not. I've never seen you before. <laughs> she says, well, yeah, I'm your cousin. And I walked away from her. And I walked away, and I said, well, she says she knows me. Let me just go back and talk to her. It's not like she's going to beat you up or anything. So I spoke to her, and she says, yes, I'm your cousin. And she told me about a Facebook page, that private Facebook page that we have for our family. So that was a clue that she wasn't a kook. <laughs> and she told me some other things. And I said, yes, you are my cousin. Okay, nice to meet you. She told me who her mother was, and I knew her mom. And she said, I've been following you on the Facebook page where you post privately to our family about what you've been doing. And I said, I want to do that too. I want to do better for myself. And you were posting that you were going to be on this race, and I came here to surprise you and running the race. That is so cool when you're mm-hmm. giving back and, and, and you're helping and you're inspiring. And one thing, another thing I do is after losing over 60 pounds, I don't want to hold it, keep this information to myself. I do share it. I have a friend who is. A chief operating officer of a uh, of a Head Start program in Upper New Jersey. Shout out to Kevin Hill. That's his name. Hi, Kevin Hill. <laughs> and he knows of my weight loss journey, and he said that any time I'd like to come and talk to families and the fathers of this Head Start program, I could just come out and talk to them. So I just made my own little. Uh, board that has a picture of myself and a couple other friends and I talk to them about my weight loss journey and I also talk to them about how to prepare to go in a supermarket and how to read food labels and what I like about it is since this is a Head Start program and a Head Start program is it's 
typically in the inner city, and it's a daycare, childcare center for at-risk families. So I speak to the parents there, and we talk about food. And what I like about it is it's not only impacting the parents, but it's impacting their children and what in their lives. And hopefully we can make the whole family have a different insight on food choices. Mm -hmm. So what I, given these speeches, I talk to them about just, because usually these speeches happen uh, in the morning, they drop their kids off, and they only have like 10 minutes. So I said, let me just get to the bottom line, what they're looking for, the things that I can talk to. So one thing I tell them is I talk about sugar, and I talk about its impact on us, and the things that happens when you consume too much sugar is that an excess consumption of sugar increases the likelihood of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and reduces our immune system's effectiveness to fight of viruses and, and bacteria. So, Ian, you familiar with like food labels? Have you ever paid attention to a food yes. label? Yes. As a vegetarian, I've been paying attention to a lot of it. One thing that I learned early on about being a vegetarian and some research has said is vegetarians eat better, not necessarily because they're not eating meat, but because they're paying more attention to the ingredients. Right. So what I, what I want to tell them is couple things on a food label. And I've actually given a talk at Toastmasters about this too, which is when you look at the food label, you're always looking at the percentages of, you know, vitamin C and things like that as it relates to how much you need for the day. But when you look at the food label, it's it's always in grams. And here in the U.S., we're in pounds. You know, we're in miles. We're not into meters. So that sort of like throws you off. So what I tell the parents is that when it comes to sugar, we are allowed to consume women six teaspoons of sugar a day, men nine teaspoons of sugar a day. Now, relating that back to grams, there are four grams of sugar in one teaspoon. So, Ian, for you and myself, that's nine teaspoons a day. So the magic number, if you're a parent rushing off to work, and I want to tell you, your magic number is 36 grams of sugar a day. So one thing, the next thing I show them is everybody has a, a container of Yoplait yogurt in your refrigerator at home. Most people do. And I pull that out. I show them the, the food label. And it says that there's 26 grams of sugar in that one little tiny Yoplait as an adult. So you only have like 10 more grams for the rest of the day. Your day shot when it comes to sugar. That's a lot of sugar. It's a lot of sugar. And to make it relatable, I also show them a picture of a Snicker bar, which has 27 grams of sugar. So here it is. You're starting your day off with the Yoplait yogurt, but really you're having a Snicker bar. And if you do this every day, you're on your way to retaining the weight and gaining the weight. And you haven't even left your house yet, you know. So that, so one of the speeches that I gave, they actually had your play yogurt for the parents at breakfast. And they also had a orange juice. So I used them as props. And I don't want to, like, down food and, you know, just make it terrible and everything. But I wanted to inform them. And I told them the 
26, out, 26 grams of sugar in the Yoplait and a 24 in an 8 ounce in an 8 ounce uh, cup of juice your day is shot you're going into tomorrow so those are the, some of the things that I learned and it's been a real cool journey I've learned that it's a struggle. It wasn't always just downhill with the weight loss. You have your peaks and valleys, and if you fall off the train, dust yourself off, get back on and ride. Excellent. Anthony, any final thought to our audience about what I what I see as from my um, spot and, and knowing you and have known you before and now where you are now from this journey of just seriously transform transforming who you are physically? I would say never beat yourself up. Never, ever. You're a valuable person. And also just work on surrounding yourself with uh, people and an environment that's uh, supportive to yourself. Thank you for your time, Ian. Thank you to Anthony Smith for sitting down with me to be my guest. I definitely have been inspired by his story. I hope many of you will as well. Thank you once again for listening to Eisenberg. This is your favorite podcast. Please contact me. My last name is Eisenberg. That is I. S is in Sam. A. That is in November. B E R G. Send me an email. Go to yourfavoritepodcast.com. My contact information is there. Do you know somebody who is interesting, who you think would be a great guest on my show? Please suggest them to me. Thank you very much. My name is Ian Eisenberg, and you have a great Eisenberg, everybody.